0: What do you do when you're the boss of your business and your staff members just can't get the job done. Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. I think this one's going to be a little sassy and spicy, my friends. I'm Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today we're diving into the boss problem that if you've been a boss of any person for any length of time, at some point you're going to face. What do you do when someone you've hired isn't getting the job done? Too often, bosses are learning how to manage these situations in a trial-by-fire way because very few people who have become bosses and managers or leaders are pulled aside and taught really good management or staffing strategies. I have a feeling that that's where today's listener finds us and it's so easy in these situations to focus on the staff members who aren't functioning. But at the end of the day, as bosses, owners, leaders, and managers, we know the deal. The buck stops with us, and we're responsible. The finger we're pointing has to be turned around, and we need to point it at ourselves. But if we do so with some compassion, some self-acceptance, and a willingness to ask for help, and a willingness to accept help, we'll get where we want to go, Our staff members will either get where we want them to go or we'll get new staff members and everything will be okay in the end. So let's listen in on today's question and I'll find you on the other side. Heather, delegate, they said. Get help, they said. Focus on what you do best and hire out the rest, they said. (laughs) I like your writing style. That was cute. Famous last words. I'm a solopreneur with a local business. For the first three years, it was just me. And honestly, I look back on that as the good old days. In the past 14 months, I've hired three part-time staff members to help me with various parts of my business so I could free myself up for more big picture projects and income producing activities. It's been a nightmare. I've been managing attendance problems, missed details, customer complaints, and one employee who keeps having problem after problem and emergency after emergency. I can't even. I'm not even sure what my question is today, but I know I need to get a handle on this. I'm just mad all the time, and I know that's not going to help anything. What do I do? Okay, first, take a deep breath, and I also, too, I want to lead my response here with just kind of a general sort of acknowledgement that there's a lot of missing pieces to this letter. There's a lot of details that I don't know, and sometimes in these situations, and you've probably heard this happen on the show, when there's a missing detail, I sometimes make up my own assumptions and my own stories, and I fill in the blanks with how I imagine it might go. If I'm really going to help you with this, I'm probably going to need you to listen to my response and get back to me with more details and I could always do a follow-up episode for you or perhaps you and I work together one-on-one um, for a quick consultation and we can hash some of the stuff you're struggling without. But that being said... What I said at the beginning of the episode, and this is going to be hard to hear, and every boss and every manager kind of knows that it's true for other bosses and other managers, but it's really hard to see themselves, is that the fingers were pointing at our staff members, in large part, more often than not are the fingers we need to turn around and point at ourselves because their failures usually are a reflection of ways that we've misstepped, haven't taught, haven't prepared, haven't set a boundary, and haven't set up the business and the staffing for success. I, I know those are big words and, I, and without the sort of missing pieces here in your story like it's i leave it so open for you to just be wildly offended and put off by my response all i can do is tell you that after doing so many management consultations and leadership consultations and you know having been a manager myself and having you know consulted on other leadership teams it's just so often the case that we don't effectively set up our staff members for success we we, we make a lot of assumptions on what we think they should know or what we think their work ethic should be and we fail to say it out loud so you know i i loved your your the way you started your letter the idea that like they told me to delegate so i delegated they told me to focus on what i do best so i focused on what i did best they told me to get help so i got help What's missing from this letter and what I imagine is really missing from your personal experience here is the word how. Has anyone taught you or have you learned anything about how do you delegate? How do you ask for help? How do you focus on what you do best and how do you delegate in such a way that when you give a direction, it's followed in a way that's consistent with how you do it? I would ask additional questions of how have you taught your staff what they expect of what you expect of them? How have you established a policy of review of expectations? And what's your way of moving through the business and through these conversations? conversations when your expectations aren't met. You are writing this letter to me from a place that implies you have no control over this, that this is something that's happening to you and you're over your head and you're completely overwhelmed. I want to remind you about what we say about overwhelm on this show. It's a line I steal from uh, Matthew Kimberly every single time. And it's the idea that we don't get overwhelmed when we don't know what to do. We get overwhelmed when we don't know what to do next. And even though I don't have the missing holes in your story and the missing holes in your business here, I do think I can help you get organized with a clear plan of what to do next. The first thing I need you to do is recognize that there was simply a lot that you didn't know that you didn't know. And like most managers, most bosses, and most leaders, you figured it out in real time with a brand spanking new employee in front of you. That's how you figured out that you didn't ask the right questions in an interview. That's how you figured out that you have to be more clear in your direction. That's how you figured out that so-and-so needs more supervision and you need to keep an eye on their time and attendance because people missed the boat and there was a misstep and that sort of highlights for you every time there's a misstep, something that you may or may not have failed to do, teach, explain, um, or remind or hold accountable to, right? So the first thing that When we get in this place, when it feels all too much, my favorite intervention for this is a reboot. And what I mean by that is that you are going to, from this point forward, own 100% responsibility for how you got here even if you don't hold 100% and you know that you taught and you know you explained and you did a follow-up and you did the things, we need to give you a fresh start because you're consumed with the history of the feedback you've already gotten. You feel trapped with the people you already have and you can't find your way out. And that is too hard to clean up bit by bit. That requires like one fell swoop. We need the push broom and the dustpan. We need to get it all off the floor off the table and give you a clean slate the only way that works is if you as the boss and the business owner owns it I didn't want to get here I didn't want my team to be a reflection that reflected this I had hoped for this I wanted this I didn't get it sweep it up put it in the garbage pan and move on because the boss of your business needs to get going on what to do next the first thing you're gonna do with your staff is nothing. And that is gonna be painful, but you're not gonna say anything different, you're not gonna do anything different, you're not gonna move through the world Any differently, any policy rules, procedures you already have in place, sure, go ahead and enforce them, but the fresh start and the reboot starts with you. So the first thing I want you to do is look at before you even had an interview, before you even wrote a job description, before you even reached out to find these help, were you crystal clear on the jobs you needed help with? The tasks responsible for each job, your expectations for what doing a good job at that role would look like, and the requirements you needed for a person to fulfill that position because that is how you start fresh going forward. You have three staff members in front of you that you're gonna have to deal with. But going forward, the first line of defense for this is to make sure you know the job description, to know, make sure you know the expectations and your policy and procedure for reviewing, checking in and seeing that a job is well done and responding accordingly. The next thing I want you to evaluate is the interview process. Do you think now that you're seeing these employees in real time, now that you're seeing how they move through the world and how they follow direction or fail to follow direction, do you think your interview and hiring policy and practices could have been more detail-oriented and more specific. A lot of times with bosses and owners, one of the things that I find is if they're quote-unquote only hiring for a part-time position, they lower their expectations. They lower what they believe and see should be asked of other people because they are just hiring for a part-time position. And that's the first way that I see a lot of business owners and leaders set themselves up To fail is they leave the interview um, process with lower expectations. So, the first thing I want you to do is recognize. What are the questions you asked? How did you get proof of their capability? How did you get a sense of their personality? What, how they respond to being challenged? What do they do when they don't know an answer to something? How do they respond to conflict? How much of a go-getter are they? How much of a follower are they? Et cetera, et cetera. Because my guess is there's a lot of room for improvement in that as well. The next piece is looking at the roles that you currently have and the people you currently have filling them what's working and what's not with each role and each hire. I want you to write that down and look at it and get it in black and white and include the what's working and the what's not. Because what often happens for managers and leaders is we just pay attention to the headaches. We pay attention to the, the tardy arrival, we pay attention to the customer complaint and we fail to see, unless we deliberately go looking for it, the you know the time and the places where employees showed initiative or they problem solved effectively, where they managed a problem before it even crossed our desk. So you want to look at in a fair, impartial way a checks and balances of the job description and the employee doing that job. Then I want you to look at any sort of auxiliary or side things that might be coming up, whether or not the co-workers are working well together, whether or not there's um, misunderstanding about the way your business should be represented or the way you were represented to potential clients or current clients, any sort of outside um, things that might be going on. And then I want you to find a time that's neutral and comfortable for you, to have a staff meeting. Um, Hopefully this isn't your first staff meeting, but sometimes again, when people hire for part-time positions, they don't think about putting structures and plans in place to sort of, you know, set the business and the roles and the jobs up for success. But what you want to do is you want to set a certain amount of time for a staff meeting where everyone can be there uninterrupted. And you want to get in front of your staff and say, hey, listen, for three years, I ran this thing on my own. I knew I needed help, and I hired the three of you to help me. And as you probably can tell, see, and might be experiencing, it's gotten a little messy. I've learned a lot about myself in this process, and one of the things I realized is I never set up a crystal clear job description, nor did I set up or have a policy in place for how we're reviewing whether or not jobs are getting met. So what I need to do going forward, because I wanna operate with all of you as a clean slate, is I want to nail down the job descriptions for what you're each doing and what you're each responsible for so that everybody knows and everybody's on the same page. That, my friend, is how you do a do-over. You just tell them what you want them to think. It's been messy, it's been tension-filled, it hasn't been going smoothly. I believe we can do better, but in order to do better, we have to start over and we have to start with a clean slate. And you get crystal clear in the job description and you get crystal clear for how the job description is going to be measured and evaluated. How well of a job your employee is gonna be doing so they know what's expected of them and how you're gonna be monitoring your expectations and seeing whether or not they did a job. And if there's um, co-worker responsibilities for how people communicate or problem solve or work together, I'm gonna have you you lay that out for them as, as well. Because now what we're doing, now that we know that your staff know specifically what's acceptable, specifically what's not acceptable, you can then, that's the foundation that sets you up to hold higher accountability and sets you up to either push these people up the ladder with more responsibility or push them out the door is starting with that clean slate and then as you move forward when you see them doing well when you see them meeting your expectations when things are going well you are going to say so and you're going to say thanks so much for doing that that looks great a quick praise comment never hurt anybody but can often really contribute to good positive morale The next thing you're gonna focus on and the promise you're gonna make to yourself is when you see someone go left or right of center, you are gonna say something. It's really important if you have a pattern with these folks where they're just chronically getting the job done in a substandard way, or they're taking lefts when they should have taken rights, you can't sort of browbeat people with, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, because it really just kills someone's motivation to get better when they feel like they're in too deep of a hole. But you can focus on the top three things that you need somebody to work on improving and then you can decide whether or not that you know their response to that and their um, ability to follow through on that warrants continued employment but you're going to be clear in that and you're going to have that conversation and say that out loud so now that they know what's expected of them and you're going to see them doing well when you see them not meeting your expectations when you see them going against the agreement and again I think it's I don't I said the word again I shouldn't have said again because I'm about to add new information to this the other thing that's really helpful with these new job descriptions is if you have your staff members sign acknowledgment so that they know going forward this is what the deal is. So then when you see somebody coming in late or when you hear that somebody's been rude or impatient with a client or you know you've set a paperwork deadline or some sort of deadline up and it's not been met, you're able to say, "Hey, we met on August 8th and we talked about A, B and C. You saw you signed the document that says you knew the expectation. I'm wondering why this didn't get done and can you let me know your plan for completing it? Because that's the next thing. Not just being frustrated, not just being irritated, not saying, hey, I thought hiring staff was going to be easier, but this management thing ends up taking me more time than if I would just do it myself. But you are going to respond to each employee issue as you see them. And you're going to start to set up policies and procedures for how. How you're going to work with your staff, how you're going to communicate with your staff, and how they are going to know regular expectations. I like the three strikes in your out rule. In corporate, um, oftentimes there's a lot of legalese and all of this attire you know, attached to hiring staff and firing staff. So, you know, if you have run a local business, then you have to make sure that you're fire uh, following the hiring practices um, for whatever state you're in. So, you might need to, cons- you know, do some con- consultation with employment law and stuff because, you know, you want to just make sure that like you're firing somebody in a legal way and you're, you know, giving people written warnings of necessary in a legal way and everybody's, um, you know, sort of business structures and state, it varies by state, it varies by country, but you're going to know, you know, going forward what your, what your policy and procedure is. And you're going to be able to implement that. And your promise to yourself is that when you see someone going left or right of center, you're not just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. You're not just going to let it slide. You're going to acknowledge it, say what wasn't working, what you need to see instead, and how you're going to, you know, sort of follow through going forward to ensure that those things are done. Because by you know and it's it's hard as bosses to own responsibility but you know these messes usually largely are a reflection of us and our failure to lead so now that you have the clean slate now that everybody knows the expectations now that you're calling out the good things you're going to be able to with sort of you know relative ease hold accountability on the missed marks on the wrong turns and on the failed expectations because you've set the precedent for those things to happen and And that's how you're going to manage it going forward with regular meetings with your staff, regular structures and reminders of expectations. But the other thing that you're talking about is what do you do when your staff members have a personal problem? And that's kind of where you ended your letter, right? Like you said, like one person just keeps having emergency after emergency and you're just fed up. So one of the things that I encourage you to think about is what. Is the sort of the culture of your company? What do you want your response to be when someone has an isolated emergency? How, as the boss of your business, do you want to respond when emergencies are sort of piling up and a certain employee just seems to be in a run of bad luck? Because what often ends up happening for managers and leaders in these situations is we end up in the reaction seat, right? So an employee comes to us and says, "Oh." My My gosh my mom's in the hospital for the second time in a month my dad's telling me it's not looking good i need to go home so then you send the employee home for four you know four days or so they come back they work two weeks and then dad calls again and says it's mom again she's really not looking good and it's like this chronic problem and you're constantly in this reaction seat of how do you respond, what's the compassionate human response, what's the boss response, and when the employee is sitting in front of you, it's really hard sometimes to get clear on that, because you don't want to feel manipulated or guilted into being more permissive, you don't want to be the hard-ass boss who has absolutely no compassion, it can be hard to find your way and to find the middle ground, an easier way to do that is if you can just think ahead of time, what is my Policy and procedure going to be when somebody just has a run of bad luck, when this happens, when the car breaks down, and then the mother gets sick, and then the kid gets sick and, you know, needs to be pulled from daycare or something. If you have a sense of who you are and how you want to be as the boss and the leader of your business, it's going to be so easy in those moments to set the expectations, to say what you're willing to accommodate, what you're not willing to accommodate, and how you, you're willing to compromise. And again, like it'll be worth checking in with employment law around this. But but what's also really important is that you check in with yourself and you decide what kind of boss you wanna be and that can help you make those decisions. So much of what's missing in your letter here is systems that you've set up, structures for hiring, for defining the job, for interviewing, and then structures for maintaining the systems once everyone's been hired and the job has been done. Because yes, you can delegate and yes, you hire out help, but you don't stop managing. And I think sometimes bosses and leaders forget that part. They think that they've hired somebody to do a certain job. So then for them, it's just, you know, it's just complete and they can move on to the next thing. Whereas the boss of your business, one of your new responsibilities once you hire staff is to set your staff members up for success, is to manage them and to supervise them and to ensure that the work product is going to get done at the level you expect it to be done without assuming it that they just have your work ethic without just assuming that they know what a good employee would do. Because yes, some people know, but some people take advantage of bosses who don't hold accountability. Um, there's a lot here in your letter and I am not like gonna be able to address all of it. But I, I hope that by having the conversation with you on the basics, that I've given you a sense of you know, where you can start. And how you can start to have these conversations. I think what I'll very likely do is sometime next week, I'll do a follow up episode to this for you on how do you manage the emotional employee? How do you manage, like, you know, the crying employee or the employee who always has something going on? Because in addition to policy, I do think that there's communication strategies you can put into effect, there's management strategies you can put into effect. But I think this episode, as is getting a little bogged down with the details. I don't want to overwhelm you because step one is always setting up a system and a structure for staffing that sets your business up for success. And I feel like that's a really good place to wrap up this conversation. I I really appreciate you reaching out to me. I hope you don't feel beat up by my response, but I really do think that if you rework this for yourself and your business, you're going to find your sanity a whole heck of a lot faster. If anybody has a question that they'd like my two cents on for your life or business, do please find me over at Heather at com. Thanks so much for joining me today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.